Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today we're going to be discussing the fifth round of the XTO Trophy which took place in Kokseide and with me here to do that is Isam as always. Thank you for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. Kokseide, special race, classic, first of its kind, uh, still basically the only one with that much sand in the course. Isam, I always think back to 2012 Worlds here it were crazy so so many spectators i think there were like some 60 65000 spectators something crazy today still good attendance of some between 15 and 17000 people but that worlds in 2012 was a special race albert giving a demonstration there riding away in the dunes rob peters having the day of his life there ending on the podium and of course another world championships there 1994 paul herreigers really the start of the current era of cyclocross we're in when belgium and to some extent the netherlands really took over cross special venue always good to be back there and i mean i guess in a way you can say van der poel put in a similar demonstration as albert uh, when he became world champion yeah it was a special uh, special demonstration by van der poel again and i think he rode again it was you know in the beginning we still had sveik trying to uh, showcase himself at the front but at a certain point it was just super clear that um, yeah maybe they could use one of those aircrafts at the at the military base and 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 try that and try to chase him because there was no one capable of doing so and it was uh, a pure demonstration of power and again just the confirmation of what we have seen so far this season i think that every race we are somewhat amazed but with with the previous results we definitely shouldn't be that because you know every time it's just he showcases himself so well and yeah we, we just saw that again today and it was a special race from from van der poel and i don't want to go too much on him to be honest because we have done that for for almost every episode i think that i definitely want to give some attention to the, the guy in second ronhaar who from the moment van der poel went tried to chase him and then was in that position in second and i think for someone at such an age and 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 on the course that we had again today was a very tough one a very honest course to put yourself in that position and get a second place in front of Wout van Aert it definitely looked like van Aert was not uh, at his best today but got through it at the end of the race but just didn't have enough to to come in second but man I think Ronhaar's performance is definitely a great performance and it's just great to see him on the bike and see him do his thing and you know not being scared of, of trying to get behind uh, Van der Poel or try to chase him and just just ride your race and I, I really like to see that from, from someone like him. Yeah, I agree that we shouldn't focus too much on Van der Poel, not because it's not special what he does because he wins by a minute 20, but by now we know what he's capable of and it still remains special, but yeah, just in summary, the race was Van der Poel had the best start, relaxed for, I think, a lap and a half, and then placed one attack. Maybe it was a bit earlier, even. Maybe it was maybe already at the end of the first lap when he overtook, uh, overtook Sveik and just powered away. But yeah, in that second part of the race, Ronar really put in a good performance. His team manager, Sven Nijs, had given him the instructions to not try and follow from the pool, but he tried to bridge in the second and third lap stayed relatively close on 15 seconds but ultimately it was no match and that's no shame but yeah very very good ride by Ron Haar and I must say it's pretty impressive because 
is a sand course. We know what he's capable of in the mud, but he's definitely made a big step. He's becoming a very versatile rider, and that's the question what happens with a rider. Do they stay relatively one-dimensional, which I think we can say Lauren Zweig is. He does well on the fast courses, or if there's sand. But if you look at Ronhaar, he is developing into not somebody who's only good in the mud. We saw that he was good in the mud at his first World Cup podium two seasons ago in Besançon. But now he's showing that he can do it pretty much on any course, in any circumstance. He's second here in Coxeide. Yes, there was mud, but a lot of sand. On muddy courses like Dublin, he does very well. Tendermonde, both uh, wins this season. But on a fast course like Waterloo, he's also up there. So it's an interesting question. It's on the, the ceiling of Ronhaar. Where do you think... That is, he's an investment from the past, made that transfer from Paul Sousa to Balwaz. This season he's jockeying it up there with the best full-time crossers. Might even be a case to make that he and Izabit are the two best ones of the entire season. Where do you think his ceiling is? Do you think when that he is a rider that can make the step to the level of a potential future elite world champion with Macho van der Poel there, without Macho van der Poel there. That's, at the end of the day, the benchmark, because nice when he performed, immediately got compared, oh, he will be the challenger of the big three. Izebiet has had that a couple of seasons. What do you think we can expect from Ronhaar in the future? It's always hard to say, but if you look at how he has been racing for the last couple of races, and as you said, it's 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 not someone that is only good on a particular type of course it's it's uh you know he's somewhat a multi-dimensional rider and i i personally think that he could become one of the the best cyclocross riders in the future and you know it's always difficult to say that and but but if you just look at the results at the moment and how he's how he's racing it, it's just it's very good and it's i think that there is still some there's still some room to of, of getting better and don't be surprised that obviously this season that we might see a setback somewhere at the end of the season maybe that you know his world championships is not going to be amazing because it's difficult to hold this form up until Tabor and obviously there are some guys that I that I see potentially kind of sandbagging I'm not saying that they are but it's they obviously know that there is also a, a podium spot in, in Tabor and they, they might already look at that and they look at the nationals and it's it's uh, it's a period of the the season, of course, where some are on the other trajectory than others. But still, I think that if you look at how he has been showcasing himself on a good day, I think that he is definitely a talent that uh, could fight for uh, for titles in in the future, and uh, probably will be already doing so with the nationals um, next week. So, I mean. I think for him the sky is the limit. He should just try to to focus. He's in very good hands with uh, with Baluas, Trek Lines, and uh, Sven Nijs there. I think that he has great guys around him with Joris Nieuwhuis, with Lars van der Haar, and also a youngster like Thibaut Nijs that can really uh, push his his limits. And you know, as we see him today as well in, in Coxside, I think it's just you you can feel that there is still some room for uh, for a proper base, but. Like there is raw talent there, and it's you can he can really showcase this. There, there is power, but it's just I think he needs to, and that will come with age in a way and experience, but also with you know the more training that you can do and 
how your body reacts on it as well. But if he if he can make sure that his 60 minutes becomes very consistent with the power that he has and the way he can getting those intervals in 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 a race, I think that it is just you know it's someone with with the incredible talent and you know it was a pleasure to watch him in uh, in Coxide and the way he was racing overall and this season is definitely at the moment for him is definitely a very very good season behind Ronar there was a battle between Van der Haar and Van Aert for the third place it was somewhat of a battle I mean they didn't really go head to head that long it was interesting to see the way that unfolded Van Aert has been disappointing this cyclocross campaign we can talk about if it's planned or not but I had definitely expected more from him even though my expectation, my expectations were already lower because I thought, well, he's just doing cross for for fun, for some money, for the sponsors, all that type of stuff. But I still expected more from him because his level in Bau, his level here in Coxide, I had expected way more from him, considering the fact just of his base level, like his base endurance training. I'd expected that he'd be better as a result of that, but. We'll see how it unfolds. I don't know how worried they are. We went over that in the Baal podcast, so let's not do that again. But it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. He's going to Spain now, not racing this weekend. He'll race Benny Dorma's final race of his cyclocross campaign. Von Heide rode a good recovery race. He was pretty far down after the start. Fourth is definitely good. And today, two minutes down on Van der Poels, that means that he gets a three-minute gain on Izebiet and pretty much secures the XTO Trophy overall win. If we look at the entire top 10, we see four. Top four has three Dutch riders, Van der Poel, Ron Haar, Van Aert and Van der Haar. So three Dutch riders in there, of course, Van der Poel, Ron Haar and Van der Haar. Starting to worry the Belgians. They're making more and more comments that they're being beaten by the Dutch every single week. And the second talk there is about the Belgian championships because places 5 until 12 are filled with Belgians. Charlie Vermeers was fifth ahead of Laurens Zweig, then Joran Visure. Michael van Toren out 8th, Jens Adams 9th, and Niels van der Putten ended 10th, just outside of the top 10 where Hermans and van der Bosch who complete uh, the row of Belgians. But Belgian Championships is probably the second biggest race of the year in Belgium, is some. Johnny Vermeers today 5th. What do you think? I think it's a good result, but do you think that we should consider him one of the title favorites for the Belgian Championships? Van Aert isn't racing. Isabit has been dehydrated, has had health issues. Sveik and Van Turenhout are having bad seasons. Nice doesn't have it anymore. He ended 20th today. What do you think? Can Johnny Vermeers pull an offset in Molenbeke in a week and a half? No, personally, I don't think so. I think, of course, he has he has he has a problem, but I think that he realized that his biggest trophy could become the, the national championship, and he wants to win that. And I think that if Isabit just gets well in time and is in, in good form in at the national championships and you see it today in Coxide that there is just after Van Aert it, 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 in terms of Belgium riders it's it's not really a, if he just shows up Iserbeet and he shows up in a very good health I think he's just the main guy and it's going to be difficult to beat him but it's encouraging to see uh, some of the, 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 the roadies in a way get in the field and, and fight it out I think that for Vermeers was in my opinion was a bit of a surprising result Kitten Herman showed himself as well at the beginning, but yeah, couldn't really maintain that. If you count out Iserbeet, I think it's an open championship. That has been a while since we, we entered a, a Belgium championships with, I think that you could say maybe there are four or five 
contenders. I mean, someone that I his season has so far been been not great, but he tried it today, but there was just not really something behind it with Lauren Zweig. You know, who knows what he can do on a, on a day like that. But I think that that if you look and specify only on Johnny Vermeers, it was a, a good outing, but on the course as well, it's 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 not not something that I think that Vermeers can really excel in. And but a championship stays a championship, so everything is possible and. The racing is totally different from what we see today because now you have a guy at the front pulling crazy and, and, and making it a very hard race and everyone kind of has to go in that rhythm. Van der Poel is not going to show up most likely at the Belgian National. So <laughs> that is probably um, someone that you don't have to count in and then the pace is probably not going to be the same and the racing is also going to be probably a little bit different and always when there is a title on the line and a jersey, the racing gets a little different. So who knows what what those guys can bring. And I think it could be a very exciting one. But at the back of my mind, I keep Iserbeet in as, as, in my opinion, as the main favorite if he shows up in in very good health and it's just everything is all right. We're a bit in the dark on how serious things were because the initial report was just dehydrated and then the second report was that he spent the night in on the in the hospital because of it but then it was quickly announced that he would be back in Zonhoven without a doubt so I think Zonhoven will definitely give us an idea where he is how serious everything is and just the grand scheme of things but it would certainly be interesting if Van der Poel shows up at the Belgian championships I don't know how many people you would need to bribe for that but it would certainly give different dynamics without him there so it will be interesting it's I mean a bit worrying, I think, for Sveik to end sixth here. This is the best course of the season for him. It's just not going his way, and I don't think he'll be able to turn that tide. Van Turen out, same for him. It's not looking that great. So we'll give an interesting opportunity to some other riders. So, yeah, we'll just wait and see on how that unfolds next week in Möhlebeke. Then let's talk about the women's race. It was back to pre-Christmas period ways there when Femme van Nippel had the fastest start and powered away within the first two minutes. She went solo all the race, took victory, adding Coxida to her already pretty impressive Palmares. Behind her, there was an interesting battle all the way at the end, but for the most time, it was actually pretty set in stone. Brandt looked to end second, had a 20-second lead on Alvarado, but in the final lap, Alvarado made a huge push. She closed some 20, 25 seconds on Brandt, and Brandt totally didn't expect that. She was pretty surprised that she still needed to sprint for that second place, but she won that sprint, so the podium was Van Empel, Brandt, Alvarado. Isam, we've talked thoroughly about confidence of Van Empel. She crashed in Baal, she crashed before, she has some stitches in her knee after that crash in Baal. Today, it didn't seem that bad but at the same time Van Empel we know she is a great rider in the sand this course to me even despite everything that we've talked about before about her confidence level I still expected her to take the win in Bao we got the confirmation that physically she was okay she was physically well today she did super well she won the race not much more to say about that really it was just smooth and yeah the confidence didn't really seem to be an issue also because it wasn't really tested on this course. It's not the most technical course and I think that from just the moment they, the, the women started, Van Empel was, uh, had, a, had a game plan and the game plan was to, to, go, to go and give it her all and 
try to break away and not get in a battle with with Brandt and, and Alvarado and the course definitely gives you the room to do so and she was going quite well and strongly through the sand and overall in the course was also getting her laps in and, and, and going at it and not making uh, huge mistakes. I think the only mistake that she really made was that <laughs> that moment where she tried to get back on her bike in the, with the bike change and wasn't really successful in that and fell on her knees. But, but other than that, it was all, I think, uh, a race where she was in, in total control and showcased that in terms of how her condition is and how her form is, it is on the good side. But it's just, yeah, if she is going to be tested again, what is going to happen? And I hope that, you know, that is that was kind of the thing that we were talking about before. And I hope that this is a race where you can gain that confidence, where it, it doesn't really affect you in races where maybe the technical aspects are going to be a little bit more tricky. And not only, like, not technical, but just the... The, the dive that we have in, in, in Zonhove, I mean, those kind of things in the cow, you know, those kind of things are could be something where you're just, you're not committed enough. And I think the worst thing to do is being not committed in, in such a dive because, you know, if you if you just correct two or two three times a little too wrong and you, you overcorrect it and you try to uh, go from one route to the other, it's, it's just, it's not going to be great of a passage. And, uh, the chances of crashes are going to be higher, but I think that you could definitely say that Van Empel was um, gained that confidence a little bit back, and I hope that she can maintain that. That's just for her now the main uh, scenario, and the form looks good. So we'll see what that form will bring when uh, Peterson returns. I think. Yeah, definitely. And Peterson is returning in Zonhoven this weekend. Last year, Van Empel ate sand in that downhill, and then she crashed in the off-camber downhill another time. That was not a good race for her. So it will definitely be a race where her confidence will be tested a bit more. I think what we can also conclude is that for Brandt and to a lesser extent Alvarado, the amount of races they've done this season is starting to weigh through. They didn't seem as fresh or as strong. At the same time, I don't really see either of those riders as specialists. So they did what they could. Alvarado, for some reason, in the past couple of races, has always been something going on in the final laps with her. Either she makes an insane push forward, as now, or she collapses, like we saw in Havre. But today, a very strong push towards the end of the race. But Brandt was alert enough to not be surprised. If we look at the entire top 10, Isam, we see that behind the Dutch top 3 of Van Empel, Brandt and Alvarado, we find Verdomschot, Sand Specialist, good result by her, Sanne Kant ended 5th ahead of Denise Betsema, 7th for Anne-Marie Worst, 8th for Isabella Hongren, 9th for Julie Brouwer, and 10th for Alessandra Keller. Not really the most stacked start field here in Coxide, a lot of riders resting after last week preparing for Zonhoven and then Nationals before the final sprint towards Worlds. I do still want to mention for Donschotisam, yes she's a stand specialist and yes with this field fourth is maybe not as much of an accomplishment as what she's shown before but still for Donschot is having a pretty good season and in Belgium they're getting somewhat excited that somebody can maybe threaten Sonnekant from her however many national titles it is. I think she has like what 14 national titles already or 12 would be her uh, I don't I don't know I mean I've lost count for Sanne Kant how many national championships she's won. I think it would be her 12th or 13th or something crazy like that. Yeah, I mean, if you go on on the race of Verdonschot, 
that that crash in the first lap was definitely uh, not great. But other than that, it was uh, a course where she could really use that 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 uh, the speciality that she has and the way she can she can go through the sand. And it was a very strong ride. I mean, I think Kant finished two minutes behind her or something. So it it was not that that okay. The field was was definitely not the strongest field. But I still think that it was, nevertheless, a very, very strong performance. And it's going to be interesting. I think that Verdonschot is definitely going to be a lot closer than she she was a a couple of years uh, ago. And I think that that is definitely going to be an an interesting play. But we have seen it so far that that when Kant has a good day, Kant can definitely deliver. And it it looks very good for for her, the form. But just today, it's... you know how it was the running as well and it was not really a course where where Kant could excel but I think still think that for Kant as well it was not a bad result so it's it it, it's, looks like it's going to shape up in a in a battle with with those two and not with uh, Ribarol so that is um, I think it's it's good to see and you know let's see what Verdolschot can do next week but if you focus on today and the race that she has done I think it was a very very good day and yeah, there were three in front of her that were a little better, but I definitely think that with the performance that she put up, definitely deserved a, a podium, but that's not how it goes. No, definitely not. And I mean, she had a very good run at Nationals in Ostend. That's quite some years ago now. From the top of my head, that was 2016, 17, something around there. And that result there has been... A blessing but also a fluke for her career because on one hand it launched her career it got her onto Paul Sauser for a number of years and it led people to believe in her it was in 2017 I think before BLS World but at the same time it's also been the fluke because she's been hyped when she she won the U23 title there was in the wheel of Kant got beaten in the sprint by Kant for the elite title but the fluke there has been that because of that win there, and she had a couple of good results leading up to that result. She was, I think, in the top five of at least two Christmas races there, what I remember. And then she did relatively well on that super slippery course in Fuji where we went. She got in enormously hyped for BLS for the World Championships there. She didn't end on the podium. Worst became World Champion after a bat- battle with Richards and Noble. Afterwards, she did well, scored a couple of podiums, and since she's just struggled with expectation levels, and the season afterwards, she wasn't able to replicate quite what she did in that super strong period. She still was in and around the top 10, but the pressure has been enormous on her, and every single time she performs now, it's like, oh yeah, I remember 2017 National, she almost beat Sonne Kant. Ah, yeah, it's been a disappointing career afterwards. And she's had mental issues over COVID period, struggled with motivation, struggled with health. So it's super wonderful to see her do well now. But it's just interesting to reflect on how such a race can lead to an interesting perspective. And in my opinion, a perspective which happens too much with Belgian young talents. They immediately get hyped as the new X or the new Y or the new Z. And not everybody can deal with that, and that's normal because how old would she have been then? 20? 
Imagine if you're 20, 21 years old and all of a sudden you're expected to become the new Sonic Khan, three-time world champion, the hope of the nation. Every single headline about you is our, our hope in dark days, the only talent we have, etc., etc. That's just, that that's rough, really rough. Then, Isam, I would like a short comment from you. We had two mountain bike riders in the top 15. Alessandra Keller finished 10th, Sophie von Bertsworst ended 13th what do you think mountain bikers doing cross i think it's good to see it's giving them some extra strength towards that mountain bike season and both seem to be enjoying themselves keller clearly does not have the technique for a race like this she just rides everything in the drops like we saw in uh, Baal. but it's still fun to see them out there and especially if they do relatively well it doesn't hurt, eh? And I think that it is good for the exposure. You know, cyclocross, if you compare it to mountain bike, is a relatively small sport, and it's not it's not that caliber. Obviously, it has that Olympic um, dream and, and goal behind it, As a, for if you speak about mountain bike, and that helps. And I think that it's, it's, you know, you have to do something in the winter. So I think that is actually, um, it's, it's a great thing to do. And I think that for the... Um, for the exposure and just the names that we it it really helps i would say and of course it's you cannot expect that someone that is doing well in mountain bike i mean keller is definitely someone that can uh, ride with the you know five best if she has a good day and now it's not really able to do that on a cyclocross bike but that's just you know cyclocross if that is you know if you wanted an example of why cyclocross is is just so different compared to the others the other sports and and, and cycling overall i think that that is a very good uh, indication it's just a super uh, difficult um, discipline to 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 do and you know i think that it is great to see that we have some mountain bikers uh, giving it their all in, in cyclocross and you know, let's hope that we can see that a little bit more often. Eh? I mean, we had a time where we had Nef, when we had uh, Prevost also showing themselves in cyclocross, but that seemed a bit, um, you know, that's not really the case anymore. And hopefully we can maybe see that an increase in, in that department and see just a little bit more mountain bikers uh, try out uh, cyclocross in the winter because they have the time to do so, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely good to see, and it's not like there are some tourists over here. They they get a valuable experience, and just because their form is so good, they're so insanely fit, they do relatively well. I will still end this podcast with a rant, because I don't think I've ranted enough here, but I like the race in Coxide. It's a great venue, but I don't like the organization of this race. I think it's a disgrace that they put on over the entire day six races and only one of them is for women this is really really bad i think it's unacceptable if you put on a race for 15 16s you separate them at 15 years old and 16 years old then you have a race for junior men then men under 23 then you toss all the women into one race and then you have a race for men elite i think it's an insanely poor look the organization also names dunes after riders who become, became world champion here. You have the Herreigers dune, you have the Albert dune. But is there a Foss dune here? No. It, it just all adds up to this picture. And then in Belgium, they're complaining. I mean, I just went over the pressure that Laura Verdonschot has experienced from having one really good period of results. The same is happening to Fleur Moors. 
I went over that in the Zolder podcast, that so many people were talking about her, the new Lotte Kopecky is what she's being named. It happens to every rider that does well, and part of it is also just because the races, the people in charge, don't care enough about women cycling. I know within Cycling Flanders, there's been a change and they're setting up programs to get more women to race bikes and everything, and that's good, but change also needs to come from organizers like this. I think Belgium has exactly 30 races for junior men over the entire year, and then eight for junior women or seven and two of those are world cups so there's like five races that you can register for if you're a belgian junior woman that are relatively close to you in france and in the us i think there's almost a 100 percent rate of women junior races compared to junior men races and i think it's quite disgraceful if you just toss the 15 16 girls in against the boys and then they race against the 80 percent and then the junior women need to race against the 80 percent time cut here as well i think only rafael carrier she ended 17th 12 minutes down that's the only junior woman to finish and the others it's not even that they do bad i mean if you look at the results of the other juniors kira bond was the second junior finisher in 22nd but she already got pulled she got lapped we saw that on the tv Nico Knoll, 25th. Chenille de Schusitter, one of the bigger Belgian junior women talents, finishing around 10th position in the World Cups, ended 34th. And she is hyped pretty pretty heavily in the Belgian media, as well as the protege of Jurgen Mettepenningen. So I think it's a poor look. I think what needs to be done is there needs to be a mentality change in the the race organizations in belgium within the federation but since i don't expect that to happen my hope my, my what needs to happen is just that the uci mandates it they need to they need to force a change like that because i quite frankly think this is unacceptable <laughs> oh boy i think you're right to be honest and um you 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 mentioned it very well i think that it is um it's quite a disgrace the way it's going at the moment and well, let's hope let's hope for some change and uh, and 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 hope that they that they see the light and and uh, yeah try to fix the issue that they have at the moment. But you know, one thing you have to understand with 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 Belgium and the mentality there for sure is that they uh, they they love it when they win, and uh, mainly if it's on the men's side and on the women's side, it's kind of now kind of. Yeah, they they realize that they are a little behind, and with the little, I think they are a lot behind. And yeah, they have been. They had an incredible talent with Sander Kant, and after that, there was not much. So now they kind of realize that they need to do, put a little bit more effort in. But it's still, you know, some. It, it, you need a, a lot more than only some people that know that there needs to be some changes left and right, and it, it needs to, you know, go with the races as well and the organizers and the categories and all that. So I think you know you mentioned it very well and. I think that it's important for Belgium to give the right example because they are, in my opinion, I think the nation where everybody looks up to in terms of cyclocross. And it, most of the riders want to have those races in, in, in Belgium and stay in Belgium or in the Netherlands and, and try to have those races and always go to Belgium. And if you don't give them the opportunity with uh, the somewhat great organization that they have uh, alongside, you know, if we don't talk about the categories and stuff, I think that it's important for them to you know step up and also give the juniors a race and 
it's uh yeah it's 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 a a mentality thing and and, and a tradition and they have to step over that and i think with time it will happen but it just you know it needs to happen a little bit sooner rather than later and so i think that is uh, great that you mentioned it and uh, very good shout yeah five races is the exact number of free to enter races for belgian juniors in belgium and that's just not enough also interesting that almost every of the races that are organizing a race for junior women belgian national championships it's mandated but the other ones are maasmechelen dendermonde Gulligum and Zonhoven. I applaud Gulligum. They put on a packed day of races. They even do races in the morning for people who have some sort of disability. Zonhoven, Dendermon and Maasmechelen, all Flanders Classics associated crosses. For some reason they put it on there, but for every Golazzo cross, where it actually started with junior women's racing in Belgium, the Helen 100 series funded and helped organized by Helen Wyman. That's where it started. And places like Loonhout, there were a couple still in Herentals last year, Halma, but they pulled the plug of that for some reason. And I think that's just a disappointment. But of the junior woman, of the woman, watch the woman. And I guess we'll just see what it results in for Belgium. Like how many talents are they going to come through if they keep going like this when other countries move forward? I don't know. We'll wait and see for that. But yeah. On that note, Isam, thank you for being here once again. Yes, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. One more podcast coming up this Christmas period. We'll finish off the block strong with the Zonhove on Sunday. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Catch you guys Sunday. Goodbye.